mercy about? I can't support a ceasefire in a battle I'm leading. A ceasefire might help, Jim. I'm trying to do the right thing here. If she was near the border, I'd know about it. Oh, that's sweet. Would your heart glow or something? <laughs> it's funny. It's a big country, Commander. The eyes can't see everything. Not even the eyes of Gilead. Hello, and welcome to Resisting Gilead. We are going to cover season four, episode five, Chicago today. With me is our daily DVR family member, DJ Tim Hines. Hey, Tim, how's it going? It's going great. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. You know, I was thinking earlier this day that we haven't really podcast together since last year when we were covering Westworld. Yeah, it's been quite a while. And uh, although we've talked quite a bit about different shows on the, the forum and, and Messenger and different things, it's been a while since we were both talking heavily about a show. And last year we had our own little team, me and Andy, covering Westworld. But before that, when you were doing Resisting Gilead, you know, it was kind of like my thing to come in and you know we, we had a lot of fun talking about aunt lydia episodes and we were kind of waiting i guess to see which was going to be an aunt lydia centric episode and i don't you know don't know if they were going to be but i feel like there's a lot of good aunt lydia stuff here that we could get into and i'm excited to talk about that once i watched the episode and, and i was like oh all right because you know there really was no like so like last year we kind of knew all right this uh -huh. was going to be the aunt lydia arc episode and type thing so um, no, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun uh, watching this this season and I've been really enjoying your podcast so far and I've been sharing it with a bunch of people. Whenever I hear somebody talk about Handmaid's Tale, the first thing I say is you got to check out Resisting Gilead. And um, so far I've, I've witnessed a lot of people put it right into their phone. And uh, just the other night I had my, my DJ stream on Twitch and I saw Handmaid's Tale pop up in the chat and I put it right in there and I saw two people say, oh, I'm going to definitely check that out. So I'm hopefully oh, awesome. hoping you get some more fans. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's been a really good season for The Handmaid's Tale this year. And uh, I do feel like more people are kind of listening and tuning in and, and I'm getting a lot more feedback just kind of on the show that they like it, which is nice. So um, thank you, every every little bit helps. And I'm even on Spotify now, which I don't even really use Spotify because I'm you know, still back in the Pandora days, but um, you know, I'm on Spotify. So I feel like I'm a little bit cooler this season. Yeah, I, I hate to, to admit the same exact thing. Um, I don't even do the Pandora, but you know, uh, I get my music so many other ways and my podcasts. I'm just kind of setting my ways, but I know so many people love Spotify and it's a great, you know, outlet to be on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, let's get into this. I mean, as you said, you know, Aunt Lydia, I had a feeling this might be the week just 
based on the trailer they played the season the season for the episode before I'm like hmm maybe it could be I know there's going to be more I just wasn't completely sure until until I watched it um but before we totally get into it Man, they are going to make us rewatch Brianna and Alma getting taken out by that train every single week in, in the, the last time on The Handmaid's Tale. And I'm just like, Ugh, how many well, times do we have to see him get totally this is, wiped out? This is partially why I don't watch previously on, because I've, I've come to learn that they do the previously ons based upon conversations and, and things that will come up in the episode upcoming. So for me, you know, especially when we do a, a, a breakdown, I feel like I'm cheating myself because it's almost like it to, it's almost a spoiler to me, knowing that I'm going to have to reference these in the back of my head. But, you know, I guess coming as like sort of a I don't I don't say we're critics, but, you know, analyzing the episodes and doing podcasts as a podcaster, breaking down a show, I feel like. I should already know the show well enough that I don't need that little tidbit. But this week I actually did watch it and I saw the train and then we did get a conversation about that later on. <laughs> so, you know, I hope they're not going to show it every week um, just for like glory, like, you know, over glorifying the, the gory of it, but it kind of did play into the conversation that that was had. Um, but yeah, let's not, yeah. you know, Let's not make that a thing, Handmaid's Tale. Those, um, those always on, those previously ons are kind of funny. I remember um, I have a friend from high school that was in two episodes of Sons of Anarchy where she played a sex worker that ended up getting shot by, I want to say it was like by a cop in the hotel room. And it was so hilarious. Sorry, Suzanne. It was kind of hilarious because I want to say for five or six episodes after that, the previously on it kept showing the scene where she gets shot. And like, I got to hear her see her, that little scene, like, I don't know, so many times. And she's like, you shot me. <laughs> I mean, that was basically her <laughs> line, but it always kind of cracked me up anyway. I, I mean, you know, it might be a big break. She might be the, wow, you know, we're going to use you in all the previously ons. I know. <laughs> I wonder if she got credit for that for all those episodes. <laughs> right. If she got paid for that, you were in the episode. Yeah, definitely. Uh, anyway. But. Before we start, I just want to say that this season leading up to this has been like a fucking just I'm sorry if you know your fans are listening at work and stuff, but I use the F word, but it's been insane. I, I can't like it's been like a train barreling yeah, right I, at you, running uh, pumping you off the track. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. But I can't catch my breath. Like in other seasons, it's like a, a whoa, a monumental thing. And then we're like, all right, it's going to slow up and we're going to, it's, it's Gilead is slow. And like, now we're just like full steam ahead. Like the train is in full throttle. Oh, like it's going to barrel through the, never mind. Oh, yeah. all right. <laughs> no, but really it's, and, and it's like, even to this point, like I do appreciate the way they're moving time. Um, that like we're not having to see every piece of minutia go on, it's, mm -hmm. you know, and also it made sense towards the end the, uh, that the time, uh, you know, moved so vastly. Like in the last few 
episodes, we were kind of seeing the day by day, even though you have to attribute that like it takes a little more than you know a day to get to this next location to the farmhouse then back to gilead so you'd have to you know i guess they were kind of grooming us that there was going to be days in between these scenes um as opposed to like last season where we were watching like oh not last season because last season they jumped a few days but like it was a slow build to now where we're able to time jump a little bit and right. not need all the little minutiae but it really is intense this season is freaking intense yeah oh goodness it's, it's very fast um that like i i don't do too much reading about what's going to happen on a season or anything i think i read one article and i remember one of the producers or the writer was saying um yeah we, you know we just it's only 10 episodes but we just decided to like throw everything at you like some of the past seasons that they said have been so slow and it doesn't feel like anything happens and they're like well tons of stuff happens. So I'm kind of thinking, what is the season going to be like? And they're exactly right. It, it but, hasn't disappointed. It hasn't let up at all. In that same respect that it feels natural because we learned in the other seasons, what goes on in the minutia. Like, so if we apply that, we know that those little cogs are turning to make the bigger wheel, the big cog turn, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so like I, I came to accept that, you know, the the thing between uh commander lawrence and and aunt lydia that their you know that transition to say from their conversation to the to the table and to her with the handmaids like that obviously is not something that could be done overnight no but it probably only took a week i think that's what's fascinating is i feel like we've only had maybe six to eight weeks pass where we're at in the story now since june put those kids on the plane that and makes about that, yeah. with that right but that but we don't need to see every day yes yes exactly because because you know that would also make like the traveling a little ridiculous like it would be like game of thrones traveling <laughs> yeah. you know like like, like yes, it, it it, you know seeing them in the previous episodes like hunkered down in that truck in that hiding spot like, it makes me think of, like, you know, how, uh, uh, say, a coyote would have to transport humans across borders and whatnot, and it takes time. It's not like, you know, you're here, okay? So, you know, I, I enjoy this slow build, but then everything's like, boom, pow, yeah. gut punch, and oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely um, a fast ride, but it's a good one so far, so... Um... So yeah, here we are in, at, in Aunt Lydia's world. I, um, so I know you're not totally into the book reading, but um, I've read the Testaments. What's a book? <laughs> I, I've read the Testaments. Wait, they write books about these shows? <laughs> yeah, they do. No, I'm only kidding. Anybody who knows me, I'm an MBR, non-book reader, but I, I still respect the art of reading. Yeah, and, and I know that uh, Axel is also a non-book reader, but he has, he, I guess he's listened to the audio book of the Testaments. Like he says, oh, I listened to it like 20 times. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, I think I've read the book twice. But um, it's interesting because in that book, we get so much insight into the ants' lives and kind of what they're like. And so I love that we, you know, kind of we see Aunt Lydia on a treadmill, like, 
where did this come from? I didn't know Gilead would approve the use of so much power, but clearly it's very special. But, you know, she's in like, I think the kind of living facility of where all the ants live and socialize well, and it looks lovely. <laughs> it, it really does. To me, it more looked like the ant retirement home. I was thinking that too, but there were some younger people mm, at the puzzle table. And I'm like, not oh. that, not that much, but <laughs> they also, what I thought was incredible about this scene is we, I don't know if they've done it from the early on seasons, but Aunt Lydia always used to look like a towering dominant figure. And yeah. now they're putting her in a position where she's old, been consistently from the start of the season getting more insignificant and they make her character look smaller like they actually use the, the angles to make her look smaller and yeah. weaker and weaker and on this treadmill she almost looked like like it was so disproportionate to her body and yes. it was amazing and I thought just the treadmill alone I understood that she was somewhere else and she was trying to be like swept away on swept under the rug because the you know the other women invited her to play cards and she said no no not now and she, she was fantasizing about how she could lead that new group of of mm -hmm. young handmaids but yet she's still so tiny on this giant treadmill and then i mean aunt rita comes in right it was aunt rita or uh, aunt, rose or aunt ruth? aunt ruth aunt ruth it yeah. was now Here's a question I have for you since you read and you know about the ants. Is the different ant names uh, show stature? No, they don't. Um, those are their given, they get to keep their given names, I think, like the Marthas do. Um, but there's, there's, what's that? Because it got me thinking about Ruth in the, in the Bible and they're so religious. Mm. Like Ruth is one of the, like, people in the Old Testament, like, very important. Um, to the to the escape you know to of of egypt like you know ruth was played a prominent role so you, you know actually now that you bring it up so lydia's name we know is the same but there is precedent in the other book for when they're training new ants the new ant does get to pick a, a name um but it's not biblical it's it's bizarre they like they name themselves after things that are like someone names themselves Maybelline. They kind of name themselves after like old beauty products and, and things like that. It's bizarre. It's okay. bizarre. So but, it's not um, right. So, so yeah. it just, just happened to work out because I mean, when she comes in, I mean, she's just a, a force. And then that other camera angle, I mean, there's yeah, no she, way. She looked that a she's foot and a half taller than Aunt Lydia. Easy a foot and a half. And she looked like six times broader. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. I think she that looked was like she was six two. That was on purpose though to show us that that, you know, I think more of not what they think of Aunt Lydia, but how Aunt Lydia feels. Well, and this is skipping ahead a little, but you know when she goes to see uh Commander Lawrence at his house, he looks at her and at first he says something's different about you did uh -huh. you change your hair 
honestly, I was thinking what's different about her is she is a woman that has lost her power and you can see it in her whole, on her face and her body, everything. So I think it's really interesting you picked up on how tiny she seemed, which maps back to the commanders calling her frail in that early episode. And even Lawrence is like, something's changed with you. And yeah, she's been, she's like deflated. But so let's stay on that real quick. Commander Lawrence is one of the hardest characters to read on the show right now. Yeah. He, we used to think we knew what he was about. Mm, did we though? I mean, we used to that- think, we used to yes. think we knew what he was about. Right. But now he just showed his hand that he knows so much for just from this episode and just from that conversation with Aunt Lydia, he wasn't talking about her hair. He knew it wasn't her hair. He knew it was, he could see the beaten down pulp and the desperation her her because the conversation that transpired after that he let her she would have never revealed as much as she did she's too small for that Mm. but she was in desperation he let her do that and then said okay we'll do that but we're gonna both get what we want out of this he would have never had that power before so he he saw the whole transformation. And I think he's doing that with everyone. And, and, and that, you know, the, the Lydia thing, I, I, that's why I feel like it was more of supposed to show us how Aunt Lydia feels about herself instead of like how they're all perceiving her. Cause they perceive her as frail, not just a like little, she feels belittled. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's definitely fighting. <laughs> She's literally fighting against the man and fighting against male chauvinism, much like like Melissa Gorga's fighting male chauvinism against her own husband. Oh, um, I had to throw that in there. Sorry, I just watched the season finale today. Ooh, reality roundup on yeah. Real Housewives of Gilead. Um, <laughs> but no, but well, it goes back to the other episodes, like in in that first episode when they have her up on on I guess that little trial or or or. Uh, mm-hmm whatever you would call that type of thing, inquiry. And she goes to bite her tongue, but just couldn't hold back. Yeah. And she, she phrases that, that the little thing she says to them about, you know, how, what they should be doing, but she does it in such a way where she kind of makes it think like their idea still like appeasing the man, mm-hmm. but still realizing like, in her mind like she's never going to win this type of way so the only way she can win is by taking back the girls yeah yeah i i definitely agree in in my mind i feel like there's a part of her that wants to take back these girls and eventually do away with these men somehow a way or another because like she seems like she's becoming June without realizing it. Like she, there's been so many glimpses in her eye where she despises these men. And the only people she respects are the other women. And that's why when she told Aunt Ruth, the, I've given my all for Gilead. And Aunt Ruth, like, it's like, okay, well, we, I, I respected when you did. And like, was like, whoa, like, it wasn't even like she still respects her. So it put her down even another peg. So I feel like she is going to come up with a way because she feels like she failed the first time. 
with the girls, but it's going to be some kind of way that has to improve her life because we saw the flashback of her. She was so different. She was, you know, like wanting love and then she felt jilted and it's like another man jilted her and like, like why, why is she giving herself to all these controlling men? Yeah. And then, and then to find out if, if she finds out like how June found out of what Gilead's really, do they really care about these women and the babies? You know, was, was Commander, we don't, again, we don't know if Commander Lawrence was truthful in that, but he might've been playing psychological warfare with, with, with June. But if you apply that to like, if, if, if Aunt Lydia finds that out, you know, the, her whole dream will be crushed on top of the hating, you know, the men taking advantage. Well, yeah, I think a couple, a couple things. I'm going to start with Lawrence because first of all, did he lie to June about that? I don't think he did. And here's why. Do you remember when that one handmaid had the baby, but it was born dead with the cord around its neck? Sure. I thought if this is a society that values children so much, they would have a doctor monitoring this birth from start to finish, right? We don't even see a hospital. We see that everything's done at home. Yeah, because that was totally preventable, uh, that that baby's death, if if they had been monitoring it, like the heart rate and everything like, like they normally do. You know, it's, it seems bizarre if a pregnant handmaid's sick, they're in the hospital, but if they're giving birth, they're doing this crazy crappy ceremony. So I don't think he was lying. Um, I do think Aunt, Aunt Lydia is definitely beginning to realize it, but one more thing about Lawrence, and this goes back to that scene where June's at the Lawrence's and Fred's there for a meeting and Fred says something about Lawrence is a survivor. He's well suited to it. And I feel like we're watching Lawrence very strategically survive and claw his way back up to the top. You know, that's, it it is about power and he's very good at not only surviving, but reclaiming power Uh, and he'll do anything to get it. I I think he, he really will, Um, you know, including agree to potentially torture June's child, but See, um, yeah. All right, but to what end? Because why was he originally getting kids safe? You know. It doesn't, because it, it doesn't it make is, sense. He's, he, he's, he, you know, and then he gives his whole speech about trade. We're doing this for trade, right? We're doing this for trade. And then the outcome at the end is he obviously was a part of, was it, was it uh, a back and forth? All right, you give me part of this. I'll give you part of this. Like, it's very, he's so confusing this year. And, you know, originally we saw him drive to the border. I can't go. You go, you know, and then June didn't go. And then all of a sudden, then they work on the next part of the plan to do the 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 thing with, with uh, May Day. And they get all the kids out. Like, he was very much a part of orchestrating stuff like that. And he helped. And to see him now all of a sudden for Gilead so hard, I wonder if it's again, more dis- misdirection now just on a longer game, like because he's he's playing with, uh, uh, what's June's ex-boyfriend's name? What's the boy? Oh, uh, Nick. Nick, he's playing with Nick so much that Nick's <laughs> confused. Well, I mean, I think this is what Lawrence does. I think he's, 
kind of, you know, because I mean, I, I don't think he's too much different from last season. I think what was the other thing Fred said? He doesn't like to be bored. Quite honestly, I think we know Lawrence was someone that came primarily came up with this idea. It seemed like he was played a big role in it. Serena Joy did in a way and up to a point until they pushed her out. But um, he, I feel like he almost came up with this one day as like a crazy harebrained idea after golf, drinking scotch with Commander Winslow and or at a dinner party some night. And I think a lot of guys were like, yeah, we can Let's, like let's like ma, like mob rules. Somebody says something stupid. Somebody says yeah. The next yeah. guy goes yeah. So yeah, because it, it it seems because there's no rhyme or reason when he said last episode. I you know I know we're focusing on this episode, but that that conversation was important when he said we're looking just for power. Yes, and, and I think and, he is. And where's the advancement of the world? Like where what does trade mean then? What does anything mean? Like what do you what's your goal? Are you gonna be the last seven people on earth that 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 you know tribunal or whatever is 12 people? Like I don't it's hard to understand what because he seems he reads all these books and all these books and he would know what what humanity's mistakes and errors were. Well well like he seems to buddy up with everyone possible and tell them all what they want to hear well, without actually having a confidant of his uh-huh. own that we know his plan. So I don't, maybe it's, it's a, a tool for them to write in and out with. Um, but yeah, it's I mean, so confusing. I can't tell what his end game is. Does well, he care about June? Does he not care about June? Well, <laughs> he laughs at Nick, but then he tells she might be there. And then all of a sudden they end the ceasefire an hour early. He is a supreme gaslighter and mindfucker. I think he tried something with Gilead and he realizes it's kind of failed miserably. It wasn't what he first imagined. So part of the power hungry part of him wants to try to fix it. And he he thinks he's the only one that can do it, even though his, his first attempt at whatever this crazy society is failed. But, you know, I think what's so different this season is... I mean, we know he dabbled in the black market and getting handmaids out and everything before June, but I think June really sparred with him in a way that had him questioning a lot of things. And I think she's probably been the only person, like you remember that last episode that the they got the kids out on in, in season three, she schooled him and she's like, you think this is your house? You know, I mean, you know, I think she's the only one that has had the balls to challenge him, you know, Um, and I think now he doesn't have that pressure. He knows she's out there somewhere. And I think that is why he's very, maybe she's served her purpose. Maybe we should just let her go. I think the thing he, he, I think he thinks that, well, he said that to Nick. Uh, I know. I think he believes that. I really do. Because oh, I do too. Because I think he sh- fears her and what she's capable of. Because I think she, you know, he always belittled her intelligence and everything else. But I think she is the closest match to him to counter him that he's ever encountered. Right. And and I think that also feeds into what his what he did at the end of the episode because he part of his deal was to give Aunt Lydia 
control of June once she's recaptured. Yeah. And in a way, in his twisted mind, I feel like if he knows she's there, which he found out from, you know, uh, well, we found out that Nick found out from that one uh, other, the other Martha, um, that he probably has wind of that too from Nick. And then they went and did that. Because if he, if Nick told him that, right? And because remember at the end, Nick, Nick, Nick looked surprised that they, they ended it early. But if Nick, you know, passed that along, like, oh, she'll be, you know, she's there, da da da. That's him. Get her out of the way. Aunt Lydia never gets to, you know, have her way and find out more information. And everybody's everybody's purpose is served, and he got what he needed back in power. Yeah, killer, killer with bombs quickly versus handing over to Lydia. But yeah, I think she's she's a threat to him alive, even even if she's, you know, being tortured by Lydia. And, and here's the other thing. Um, I mean, the ants probably know everything about him that they need to know, but, you know, one of the reasons his plan was successful, and, and this is something that comes out in the book, The Testaments, is the ants record the testimonies of all sorts of people in Gilead and records. They're the only women allowed to write, uh, which is a huge privilege. And they keep all the records, births, true paternity, like they, they showed that last season, right? In the the one room, they were writing all things. Yeah, she did. She did get to write. Yeah, they do get to write, but um, but they but they also have their. It's almost like they have their own networks network of eyes, and spies because they know everything the commanders are up to. They know all the, you know, she she had that on on Lawrence, and Lawrence is smart enough to realize, oh, they've got something on every single commander. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a very interesting web. This, uh, well, I mean, it's actually a very clever agreement, Lawrence and Lydia together. Um, but, you know, I do, I do think that, and maybe he's so confusing this season because he's changing, but he's, he's uncertain. But I, and I think Lydia is kind of the same way. She's changing, you know, she's been beat down. She's been insulted by these men. Um, you know, she's starting to see that, you know, the look on her face when she took June away from Hannah um, was, was very tender. And she's like, you know, come on. It was, it was very like, she, it's, she seemed deflated even then. Yeah. It's she like didn't want to do yeah, that. She yeah. didn't want to get resorts. She knew, she knew that that was even too much. Like I could see when she's with other, the other girls, there's a lot of empathy still like, like, and she, she sees how the men treat them. Like even she didn't like the rapey stuff and all that other, the, the weird stuff that went on. She wanted it to be by the book and it wasn't really by the book. Right. Well, like, and, I, and I think part of her motivation to get back to the girls was some of that conversation she had with, with June at the torture prison. Um, she failed. Yeah, because she makes this speech. You are the sacred vessels of the Lord his chosen ones. Your charge will be hard. You will be tested by wicked men, and they will try to lead you astray. And when they do, I will be here to listen. 
Your bond with each other will be strong. From this day forward, none of you will ever walk alone again. And then, you know, I, I was sitting there wondering, is this a speech she's made before? Because it almost sounds like it could have been, but the way she is saying it, it's like, I have learned these men are, you know, will, will try to get you to do evil things. You will never walk alone again, you know, which they've always walked in twos. They've always, you uh -huh. know, are supposed to sup report their commanders. Um, and we know a lot don't because they're scared to death. But there was something about her giving that speech and her, the look on her face at the end of it. It's like this new determination that I will not fail these ones. And I mean, truly mean everything I say because someone showed me how humiliated and abused these girls are. And I did let them down. It was, yeah, it was she saw the, the kinks in the system. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. why I think she's gonna refine them more to be tighter. And if something goes down, they're going to have a plan in place. Like they're going to, she's going to teach them that there's no one else they could trust besides them. If, yeah. if she, if she gets that far. Yeah. Yeah. Very but interesting. She, she's so complex. And the, she's my uh, onion. <laughs> she's got layers. Yeah. But no, but Axel said it really great about June. I think it was in the second episode you guys recorded about her facial expressions just can can say everything. And it's not just June. It's Nick. It's it's Aunt Lydia. It's, you know, Commander Lawrence. It's they all it's have, the handmaids in the bus, like in that van. Right. I, it's like everyone's oh. acting their faces off this season. And it's amazing. Yeah, it's like and, they learned from June. <laughs> you know, and then that episode where we watched again how they learned how to to communicate by lip reading and then you see with the lip reading that they're using not just their lips, but like their eyebrows and, and everything goes into it. So when they give each other these looks at the store and one looks down and doesn't want to, they know they don't want to be involved with certain things. And it, it all starts to make much more sense now. And it's just, when I see Aunt Lydia's faces, I, I'm like seeing this woman who's changed, but still believes in something, but is determined to, to get, what she failed right and crazy part is that it took june to break her yeah. and i've noticed all season june has had this confidence look where she needs to have domination the alpha hand and break everyone like they all need to come into her realm and she's done it to everyone from the other handmaids to Martha's to the, to her torturers, to everyone. She's not letting anyone win. And even when she knew she was defeated in the Hannah situation, she figured out a way to still talk and act like she had, she did, she chose that. Yeah. And she, you know, I said to you earlier that like, she's sort of like, Sarah Connor from Terminator. Whereas like she was just a, a woman living life, shit happened. And she now has purpose mm -hmm. and it is just straight relentless. Yeah. She will give 
what she needs to get where she needs to get. But in the end, it's for her benefit. Yes, it's the hell hath no woman, hell hath no fury, like a woman scorn. And it's also because, I mean, think of like June, when we first meet her, she's so meek, really. Like there's a thread of what's possible in there, but she's, you know, she's very much in her place. But I was just thinking she has become so hardened. And yes, she's super determined. She can be borderline abusive, Aunt Lydia style at some points because she's so determined. Very much so. And she's also, oh gosh, what was the word? Oh, she's She's become her environment. Yes, she's ruthless. She's become the environment. And what you said right there, I think that's the exact reason they opened the episode with her and her, I guess the the husband years ago having such a tender romantic moment. Well, and that was their first time together. Like that right. was a flashback from when they first hooked up. Yeah, and right. it's and it's her different, totally different her. And she wakes up and it's like, a boom, like whoa, I'm in a different place. Like my, this is how far I've gotten. Yeah, that was um, that was a really funky. She's having this memory, which who knows when the last time she really thought of Lucas. I mean, you know, we don't we don't see her kind of remember. We haven't seen her have a memory from the past in a really long time. Um, and then it's like, oh, you know, uh, Janine and Stephen are having sex in the bed down the hall. This guy's kind of reading the book and looking at her. They're all in beds like they were in the the gymnasium at the handmade training center. I mean, it was, it was bizarre. And then, yeah, the bombing started. I'm just like, man, this is like a really trippy first scene into it. It's just, you know, it's definitely a completely different world. And this whole new June, I mean, she is hyper-focused, hyper-determined. And, you know, the last episode, it was almost like, she scared herself straight where she realized what she was just about to do for them to stay there. And, and, and she like had that like moment of like, are you serious that you're about to do this again? And this whole episode, she's calling out stuff like, Oh, so you want to have babies just like in Gilead? Like you want to repopulate the U S like Gilead? Like she was really like awakened to what, was going on around her yeah I kind of yeah hyper aware of everything and well and I mean honestly that was a huge disappointment for me when they show up there and this guy thinks the only thing they have of value is to like have sex with him and give him blowjobs and I'm just like oh my I mean that that had I was to be pissed. I, I was, was pissed, so pissed too and I was just like that is such a slap in the face to this woman that has done everything she can to get herself out of that situation and here she is back in America. And it's the same goddamn thing. You know, I was just like, oh, it's just, I was so mad at that. Uh, yeah, it was so, like, yeah. it's like, where, where, where's the difference? Like what's, mm-hmm. you know, what and, are you fighting for? Right. And these people, it seemed like they were just fighting like to stay alive, like he said. And some of the things that June did was a little insane. Like let, we could take them out right now. We could take them out right now. <laughs> and you know, he's right. Like we got to be smarter, but it was also so strange that this was a faction on the other side. Like what, you know, you're just as ruthless. Like where, 
what do you have to go through like levels till you get to normalcy when and like the shiny happy people up in Canada? Like it's not, you know, it doesn't seem like that would be a, a freedom fighter mentality. And, you know, the whole it was just a weird thing to add that in there. And I don't know like if it was more to to like show us that June's now on the war path or like to show us this the scourge of humanity still. Well, I mean, uh, I think it's so interesting because she she's clearly got an agenda and she's very determined. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, you could say kind of like, I think she's right in what she's trying to do because it's all bullshit. But we know there are people in this country that are just as... Um, crazed about their belief system, which is how June got into this situation to begin with, right? A bunch of crazy people overthrew the government. And so it's, I don't know, there, there's like a weird parallel there. Um, you haven't figured I it think. out. It, it, it's going to, it's going to probably come apparent um, somehow, but you know, in the, in the grand scheme, it, it was, it didn't really make a difference because it just kind of moved us along. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I would have liked to have seen it been May Day. Are those Nighthawks May Day? It's, it's, it's hard to tell. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is hard to tell. Um, but clearly May Day knows she's, May Day knows she's there because they were the, you know, a handmaid had heard from May Day that they saw two handmaids enter Chicago last week. All right. So now let's go back to that Nick and the handmaid scene. All right. Yeah. So when he was talking to the Mar right, that was the Marthas actually were the handmaids, right? That right. he was talking to. So the one, do you think she was sincere or she was trying to give give uh Commander Nick misdirection? No, I think she was sincere. I I, th I think they both were, honestly, in their own ways. You know, the one woman is like, you were better off without her. Like just, you know. Yeah, like, but I seriously. thought she was kind of like say like like oh let's let's not give june away to them and let's pretend like we don't like her because she was so over the top with it oh i don't know because i feel like that could have been the same martha that came to the lawrence house last season when beth introduced them about the deal she wanted to do and she she said to june like i think she's just the, i think that woman's just a hard ass she said to june I could kill you and throw your body in the river and no one would ever know. Like, you know, she was, she was very just kind of harsh. And so I think, I think that was just a harsh character. Um, I don't know. Yeah. That's All right. Kind of my perception. But and that's what's so wild about this show is like, it's so dark and gloomy and everybody's, you can't tell if, if they're scared and telling you what you want to hear, if they're being sincere, who's really, about this society um, because, you know, after the scene when they brought the children there and that one little boy couldn't really adjust, mm -hmm. it got me really thinking about everyone. Like, are there some people that are just so comfortable with conforming that they don't mind and they just get comfortable with as long as their structure? Um, is there some people that liked this style of society that didn't realize they liked it until a few years in? It, you know, is there some people that hate it and in the inside they're just like crying? 
Um, but you know, I'm talking aside from the children, but when I, you know, that mm-hmm. happened to the children, but I started thinking about the other people in the society. Like there's a lot of people that I know that just get comfortable in routine. And even if it's an unhealthy routine for them, be it an abusive relationship or bad eating habits or just negative lifestyle they just keep doing it because it's comfortable and easy and i wonder if if you know certain people just adapt to it and like they start to resent june for making these changes um i think that's an interesting question i think it kind of reminds me back to when june had the second of Glenn as her walking partner, the handmaid Lily. And she'd given June this speech because I think, what did June, June had done something that kind of upset her. And she's like, listen, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna do this. You're not gonna ruin things for me the way you did the other of Glenn or whatever, because she's like, you know, my life is better now. These people are nice. They feed me. I have a place to sleep. I was, you know, whoring myself out for Happy Meal and, and Oxy before. And so she had seemed to settle in. Like, you know, I think for some people, maybe it was a, a better life until you are horrified they're going to kill one of your own who is already vulnerable and defenseless and get your tongue cut off. And then you decide to become a suicide bomber. So I think, I think you're right. I do think some people have become very, you know, very at ease. I think for a long time, Rita was a character that was very at ease. I think over time, you know, Serena Joy smacking her, her seeing June abused, getting close to June, you know, led her to try and help get her out and, um, you know, then escort the kids. So I do think there's a level of, of complacency that a lot of the people fall into and it's just, what's the trigger to get them to snap out of it and start questioning it? And honestly, I think that's what we're starting to see with Aunt Lydia. Yeah, that's why I said, I think she's got some kind of secondary, like, uh, like not going against them, but like more that would be like to protect them. Like she's going to have a different teaching technique this time. Yeah. Well, you should listen to the audiobook, The Testaments. It will be very enlightening. Oh, look at you, little dropping little hints, little <laughs> tidbits. No, but that's why like, I remember when it came out, you know, that was one of the first things, you know, I remember saying, how was it? Was it different? You know, I didn't want to know, but I wanted to know if it like tied in. I remember asking you specifically. And, and you know, I think that's, that's really cool, you know, if we get little things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's very interesting. And, and, you know, at the, at the end of the season, John Wambacher and I are going to have a whole conversation and pod about the Testaments, the book, because I think we're both super curious to see how this season starts laddering up to that, because it, it'll just be fascinating. And, and they're starting to do it. They're starting to ladder up to, to the next story, even though that next story is still 14 years away really. <laughs> wow. Yes. It's, it's interesting. Although there's, there's enough, I think they can do to kind of bridge that time. There might be like a, all of a sudden they start a season of the Testaments and it's like five, 
years later from where they drop off or 10 years later. But um, yeah, it's, there's a big time jump, but um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Oh, wait, so you don't think we're going to get this show to like 2035? Well, I think, um, no, I don't think they will wait that long. I think they'll keep going because June, it'll, June will be an old maid. <laughs> well, I mean, technically some of the same characters will be around some, they will have to get replacements for, to age them properly. <laughs> <laughs> like Walt, yeah. good old Walt. <laughs> uh, all right. So, I mean, I'm satisfied with talking about the nuts and bolts of the episode, but are you ready to talk about the really juicy filling of this big gooey donut? Are you talking about the last minute of the episode? Are we going to jump all the way there? Well, the whole, the whole thing of two of our favorite characters and their relationships since season one. June and Janine. Because there was more than just the last two minutes. Yes, was it a- was. You know, there was a lot building up here. Um, and this, I want to start right from the, from the bat, you know, from the, from the start of the episode where Janine was one of those people, I feel like from, even from early on, looking for status quo, looking for normalcy, looking to fit in. And she, remember, she didn't want to rock the boat with Aunt Lydia in the beginning. And she didn't want to rock the boat now with Steven. And she didn't, you know, she wanted to just fit in. She didn't want to leave the farmhouse. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? She, she was, she was looking for that family. And June essentially was that family, but she just was so a different person to go on that ride. She still went on the ride with June and she trusted June so much. And the opening scene where she wanted to sell the cloaks to get Steven a hat was probably the most normal human feeling or old, like, I'm sorry, the normal, like old way of feeling where you'd want to just do something nice for someone you just got to know without any rules or repercussions or, you know, being forced like, and she told us that she decided to do this and you know last time you know last episode i thought it was more like like she thought she had to had to you know realizing that she wanted to was a whole different thing and like seeing this was was a, like i felt i i felt like this is it they have to separate and you know you know june's going to be june of arc and go do her thing and and go head first into the war and this is where we leave leave Janine and I was I was sad for a little bit but I, I was I was comforted yeah um I mean it was yeah because she had made a decision to stay at first and you could tell June was really struggling with you know they were both struggling um but June reminded me of like a dude who doesn't want to show his emotions at first like you could t- she's just like yes yeah, I figured, blah, blah, blah. You know, she's very like closed off. And and then Janine gives her that hat and it's kind of like, you know, oddly brought them to back together again. And um, yeah, that was, a, that was a hard little 
that was a hard scene because they've you know they've been through everything together. But we were you satisfied when June walked away? Um, I think I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah I definitely then, was. I was very then, surprised. And then they, they had to go and fuck it all up again. Well, I was yeah, I was very surprised when Janine showed up and it kind of reminded me of when June was horrible to her on the train and said I should have left you a long time ago because here June was leaving she didn't want to leave without Janine Janine was invited and it was almost like Janine had to say no and then had to say you know what June never left me behind and I can't let her it was almost like and I can't let her go without me because I can't leave her behind either I almost feel like it was kind of like June never left me behind. She's leaving, but it's more like I'm leaving her behind because right. I'm letting her go. But, yeah. And and that goes back to what I was saying about how she was one of those people who just wanted to find comfort and home. Mm -hmm. She realized the greater good comes first. Yeah. Like it, you know, it wasn't just June. It was June, but it was all they've been fighting for this whole time. Like it wasn't just to fucking find, I'm oh, sorry, I cursed again, but it wasn't just okay. to find someone to settle down with. It was, you know, as much as that seemed cool, it was, there's a bigger picture. It's, you know, yeah. right here. there's a whole, they can, they can have life. And it's funny because Janine resisted going to the front in Chicago and everything so much at first. And then she did, she did adapt very quickly settled in but then it's like you know what there is more to life she, you know she probably realized yeah I could stay here and have a baby maybe I could go somewhere else and be free and have a baby instead of raising one in a war zone yeah that was a it was a very interesting move that she made there um and then unfortunately it doesn't <laughs> the, the repairing doesn't last too long because you know, we know what's going to happen, but June figures out pretty quickly that something's very wrong. It's really too quiet. And then you hear those planes coming in and they're just running for their lives and everything explodes. Boom. But um, we see June waking up after the bombing, but we don't see Janine. Do you think Janine is dead? Uh, I, I'm going to say, yeah, but it would it wouldn't surprise me if somehow she came out of it um just because it would really satisfy a lot of people um just because she's you know it sucks we lost a lot of i don't want to say main characters but good side characters oh yeah janine is so borderline main side character yeah so so like to take everyone away, yeah, it tidies up the story a little bit because if if from where we see what possibly could go on now, it's going to open up a whole new realm of characters. But it goes back to you know what you said earlier, like about some certain people serving a purpose. You know, maybe you know she did what she had to do. Yeah, I um. So kind of initially, I hope she's not dead, but initially I kind of think she might be because- um, Tough to get for, blown for, up and live. Well, but, okay, there are a few reasons. One, the, here are the reasons I think she's dead. We don't see her at all in the, cause I always watch the 
preview for the next episode. I don't care about the spoilers. I, I like to be somewhat mentally prepared, especially with this show. She's not at all in the in the preview. Um, there's kind of a scene, and I don't know if you watched all the trailers or not. I don't watch any trailers. Oh, I don't watch okay. Any, any previews or, or, or next week. There, there's something that June will say to Serena at one point that makes me think maybe Janine's dead. And then also... I, I, would, I thought about the very end of... So wait, because I decided to not get spoiled, you're going to spoil me. Okay, cool. Let's do this. I just... You, you want to hear exactly what she said? No, I'm just, I'm just oh, messing with you. You're just you know messing. That. <laughs> you no, know that it. I sometimes don't catch on to your sarcastic humor sometimes. I know. That's why everybody else <laughs> listening is laughing right now. Uh, um, what was I going to say? Oh, and then, you know the scene at the very end of the horrible episode episode three where they're all lying in their beds and, and they're lined up and the two handmaids that get shot are holding hands brianna and alma are holding hands yeah janine is by herself and moira and june are holding hands and maybe think those first two died together the second two died together Janine's by herself. I'm like, what if that means? And and it kind of went in order, right? Like, what if, you know, into the thing, what if, what if Janine was next? That kind of made me think it. However, I also think there's a very good chance she's still alive because that's what this show does to you. It totally fucks with you. Um, yeah. And like, she'll be alive and get captured back and then like tell uh, more stuff. It, it's just, that's what, it's never like a good alive. Like this, this whole season, it's like, like, I can't believe, I mean, just going back a few episodes, they got so far and got brought all the way back to so much. Uh, it was like, it was like 20 steps forward, 50 steps backwards. It was insane. Oh, and, and, it, and it kept happening. And it's like, holy shit. Like, I really like, I, I could, I, in my mind, I had, I just thought they were not going to make that train. But, and, and and it was just like, there's no way they're going to make this. This is the way the show's going. And when I saw it, like, holy shit, like, something good, maybe. And and finally, it's gotten to this point where, like, yeah, but now we've gotten, in my eyes, too many good things happening. Like, yeah. what's next? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're excellent at the, you know, <laughs> what'd you say, 15 steps forward, 50 steps back? I feel yeah. like it's been like that all the other seasons in smaller increments right it's like you'll have this big triumph and then there'll be a huge setback and then you know more and and i mean last season was a freaking roller coaster like oh that whole hospital episode and we used to get tense when she was sneaking an apple in the in the fucking in the fruit store and shit like oh my god (laughs) you know now now it's like holy shit like you know the, the the think about like commander lawrence getting all the way to the border and like like i'll go and like no and like and then them getting to the to the soldiers and throwing rocks at them at the end it's like all these like almost almost points it was like nuts so you know now i just want to just get to that holy shit moment oh god i mean it, it literally felt like like the climax of a of like a big blockbuster movie it was yeah definitely like a you know the second movie in the lord of the rings trilogy or something <laughs> Some, you know the ending but um 
Yeah, I couldn't believe it. You like June's up, she's looking around, she's yelling for Janine. And then you see this person coming towards her and it's freaking Moira. And oh. the look on Moira's face, it was like a little kid. And she was just like, June. I mean, just like, oh, the ex that expression just killed me. Well, and she was so like in a, such a state of disbelief. And, and Moira June just has looked, that, she, you know, for a, a grown woman, she has that young little kid look yeah. face and and she pulled that off like i mean that's exactly i didn't really think about it until you said it like that but yes is what it looked like like the little kid almost finding the lost parent instead of the other way around yes yeah yeah it was um you know and it gave me such chills i like I, you know i didn't do the like a loud clap like but i was like <gasps> like i gasped and i was like holy like i was really shocked yeah no i i was too um i definitely wasn't expecting that and then i'm kind of like how the heck did moira even get there and then well, that's when the, the questions started rolling in afterwards well, <laughs> Same well, shit. well then i remembered you know her new girlfriend that axel is so excited that moira has a girlfriend and her life is returning to normal I hate to break it to you, Axel, but that girlfriend was just deployed to get Moira to Chicago because that girlfriend had invited her to go on like the next aid drop, which is why Moira was there, right? Because yep. we know the aid was coming in after the bombing. And so really the girlfriend was just a device to get Moira to Chicago. Sorry, Axel. Um <laughs> You're right. I she did say that's what we're gonna do. You're holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Um, because I, I, in my mind, I'm like, come on, this is convenient afterwards. You know, I was all excited, but then I'm like, what? Is, wait, wait, how did she just wind up here from Toronto? You know, but I know they're not too far and everything, but it still was like, but that makes total sense. And yeah. what devastation do you think happened just on the other side? Like if they're dropping a bomb on Chicago, how precise could it be that it's not going to do like further damage? What kind of bomb? Um, is, is it just a, a missile that, you know, or is it have any like, you know, chemicals in it? Like, it, you know, it's how many bombs did they drop? Just one? Well, I think, you know, because it's Gilead and they're so environmentally conscious and I don't think they want to screw up potential breeders any more than they have to. I have a feeling they were just kind of normal non-chemical bombs because Ideally, they want to take over that city and make it habitable, right? Um, and they'd also planned attacks on the Republic of Texas, yeah, they, as they're Las calling Vegas. it. Um, well, Las yeah, Vegas. yep, Nevada, and we know that California is still free and fighting. Yay, yes. my home state! Thank God. Um, maybe uh, not up in Calabama, but um, yeah, but it might. But... We don't know. It might have. It might be an island by now. Maybe. It might have cracked. The, the the fault might have cracked it off, and it's its own thing. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but yeah, I think they were just, you know, that was like one of Lawrence's asshole moves, right? He's like, oh, we're going to, you know, bomb all these places right before the ceasefire and just give them 24 hours to get aid in. Um, I'm just like, man. Yeah. So I guess, I guess they, right where aid was, they hit. So they knew where the aid drops were because they said uh, people trying to go for, she, remember, she was looking at the, 
the food or the rations or something. She goes, oh, look, there's nobody here. And there's all this food that what mm. Janine, Janine said. And then all that's when June was like, oh. But I and, thought, yeah, I thought the aid was supposed to come in after the bombing that they wanted to. Because, no, no. Oh. It, was, it was a ceasefire for them to send aid in. So they send the aid wow. in. For, you go get the, the aid and then you could go back to fighting again. So, so it was basically a trick. Like the an hour left, anybody else who didn't get the aid was getting wiped out, or anybody near the aid. Mm, I got those. So, so I could also see that becoming now an aggression towards the people who are bringing aid from Canada. Mm, Yeah, and and it's very leery. Like I guess it's almost like a big cordoned off embassy type thing. Because they do say "Welcome to America" at certain parts, like when he, when um, I think it was last season, right when he welcomed Serena, "Welcome to America," right. So I think be like, you know, in a an international zone where like we we have you know, old America has an, uh, a portion. You know what I'm saying? Because he did say that "Welcome to America," or, or to the kids. Maybe it was the kids when they landed or something. Um, I don't know if he said that. I think I know they said you've now crossed into Canadian territory. Yeah, but I think he says, well, I'm almost positive. I forget that guy's name. You know his name. You always yeah, say Mark, it. Mark Tuello. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's something like that. But I don't know, you know, the boundaries are really, I guess it's like a. Well, that's Canada, but, you know, um, they're in Canada. I don't, I don't think there's American territory up there, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. Cause he seems pretty, that Mark guy seems pretty intent on the fact that, you know, America's no longer, and they really only have two viable states left because they're the two that aren't connected to, uh, the lower 48, so to speak. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, it's, it's bad, but yeah, I, I don't think the Gilead people want to poison the air and the land of those places. I think they, because I think they want to take them over and make it, have them habitable for living. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I guess you're right. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know, so much happens. Sometimes it's hard to keep up even when I've watched it a couple times. Yeah, I'm trying to look for that quote. Only thing I can find is from uh, when he says, she said, you're from the embassy to Serena. And he says, I'm a representative of the government. She said, which government is that? We're still a nation small. Oh, yeah. We, we yield power. So I'm going to I'm gonna guess like some of those tribunals are still like American. Like, you know, like how we have an embassy. Maybe they just made it oh, like, yeah. larger. Well, I think definitely the embassy, that place where Nick goes to meet with that w- woman every time he gets news about June. I'm sure that's like a U.S. embassy in Canada for sure. Or, you right. know, it's, it's definitely. But yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, you're right. They have, I'm sure they have an embassy or, you know, some type of thing there. But um yeah, it's just we like you know because the you know, but we don't know the status. Like, do those do they become do they stay dual citizens? Like, you know, they don't go into that. I guess it really doesn't matter. You know, they're in Canada, they're safe. But like, you know, but now, just let's. I guess we got a couple of minutes. We'll theorize what happens with uh, with Moira and June. Does the does, does she take him? Does she take her? Do you think Moira's uh, um, 
what do you call it? Do you think more is uh, like uh, her woman that she was dating? Do you think she got killed in the attack? Like, do you think that, you know, there's going to be that kind of problem? Um, I, I think, I mean, we'll just rush right back that, that she'll re be right back in that embassy. June, um, it seems like the right opportunity to get her out of there and to Canada. And, and frankly, I mean, I know June is very determined, but I think she's going to have to make the decision in this next episode. Does she want to be a poisonous spider crawling around the web of Gilead to try and take it down? Or does she want to get out of Gilead and weave her own web to try and catch as many spiders or many bugs as she can? Um, you know, I think she's going to have to make a decision in terms of where she might be able to actually do and organize and have the most impact on what she wants to get do, which done, which is taking them down. Um, okay, but all right, so I I think she already went back once. I think to go back a second time would be silly because she now has so much information that she can help. You mean go back to Gilead once? Yeah, like you're yeah, saying, like yeah. you don't. Oh, think I, she, you think I'm she saying, go, yeah, yeah. Go back she, like a spy and fight like that. No, I meant still as a rebel. Like the first one I was talking about, her kind of being like a spider, you know, crawling around the web of Gilead, or does she want to leave Gilead? and create her own web that maybe could take them down. But um, no, I don't, I, I mean, I don't think she would go back to Gilead proper, but I think it's a matter of, does she get out of the lower 48? Or does yeah. she stay there and try and fight? I, I think uh, she I should think get she out. Yeah, yeah, she's got it. Like, because she already passed up the opportunity twice now to get on the plane and to cross the border. Yeah, with, she's really hung up on not leaving that kid behind, though. Um, but, but, I mean, does it come to a point where she realized, like, that she realizes that as long as there's no, like, direct, vi like, bombing, that that kid will be fine? Like, I think, I think, I think that that interaction she had with her, and then telling Janine about it, why she did it, and th and that she didn't, you know, she was scared of her. Like that says a lot that mm -hmm. like she, you know, this is twice now. The kid didn't want to leave with her. Remember, she was so scared. Yeah. First, and then and then she went back and she was happy again. And you know, now it's like the second time it happens, and the kid's even more scared of you. Who knows what they told the kid about you? Like I know. And combined on what we learned, you know, obviously June wouldn't know what we learned about that other child who was missing Gilead. But I think June came to that realization that, like, because Aunt Lydia said it to her, do you think this is what the kids want to be stripped from their homes? She's like, it's not their homes. But I think after she saw Hannah, she realized, like, you know, kids kind of just adapt really fast. And mm. she got used to that as her home. And, and yeah, it's not right, but maybe she can, you know, work on it a different way. Because I think, I think, to a point, even, you know, I, I'm not a parent, so, you know, parents don't hate me, but I feel like she, 
realizes it's it's a lost cause and you know maybe not as much lost causes as dire as it sounds like as you know but a lost cause where she can't keep going back for her specifically right at yeah. this time she has yeah. to do the bigger picture yeah and it, and it kind of reminds me when she has that conversation with that little girl kiki slash rebecca last season where she's like what's it like out and and she's like, well, it's like what it was before. She's like, I don't remember before. And, you know, she was only five. Um, and so, yeah, I think kids adapt really quickly um, if they're in a pretty good household, um, you know, and it seemed like she didn't remember anything, but when she got off that plane, she knew that was her dad, you know? So, but I think, you know, that's part of just being, yeah, I don't they, know. See, yeah. They showed us that one kid that knew the dad and a couple of parents reuniting but I feel like that was rare. Like when they got off the plane, I feel yeah. like that was out of place. Like the kids would have been so confused. Yeah. Like it, maybe, well, maybe a couple of the older ones, but the, the, there was young kids like embracing their parents. Like daddy, if, if had it, it remember. Yeah. You know, how are we supposed to expect these other little kids to like, yeah. You know, well, a lot of them wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that felt like it was a little more for us, for the emotion yes. than the actual, like, than for actual, like, reality. Yeah. No. Because now we're seeing definitely. the reality. And I think this is going to influence June's decision. Yeah. Yeah. It, it probably will. We'll see, though. You know, she, she'll be stubborn as all get out as, uh, you know, to, in making that decision because she's, you know, she's just like a dog with a bone in terms of, you know, getting the kid out and, and, you know, taking down Gilead, but, you know, she, she can't, there's just, it's impossible at this point to get all of that done. She doesn't even know where Hannah is. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season and mainly because of your podcast, because it just, you, I, I love that you have different people coming on now and, you know, you always have people every few episodes, but now you like lined it up with a nice slew of people, different, different ideas. And yeah, I really enjoy where you're taking it. And you always have such great insight. And I, you know, again, I don't just tell everybody to check out the podcast because it's my friend's podcast. It's actually because it's a great companion piece. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, it's fun to do. It's a little harrowing. And honestly, when I did the first episode again, I'm like, I don't even remember how to use the technology. <laughs> it, was, it was a bit, uh, it was like, you know, getting back on a bike though, I guess. It's, yep. It's, 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 you know, but thankfully you brought in the right guest for the first episode. Cause he's always one to keep the conversation flowing. Yes. No, that was, uh, it was great having Axel on. He was only going to be on the first one, but then he's like, hey, I see you don't have anyone for the second one. Maybe I should do that one too. I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> uh, but um, so something I, I kind of forgot about until last week is my whole sister resistor of the week. And I mean, June's always kind of the sister resistor, you know, but I don't know. Do you think, uh, who do you think was the sister resistor this week? Well, it's, I think it's one of two obvious ones and i would like you to say yours first because i'm going to say the other one second but um i'm if, going with lydia because all right never she, mind 
You, she you did a power play. Oh, I didn't say either of them, huh? I, yeah, I, I'm, no. I'm going with Lydia because she she's resisting the men <laughs> to get her power back. And well, she's also complying with one, but um, but I, I thought that was a power move um, in her own resisting way. Yeah, I'm going with Lydia for this one. I love it. I love it because you're right. Like we we specifically talked about that, you know, her doing her own thing to get what she wants. You're right. Um, even though she's not resisting in the way we want, she's right. resisting in her world. Um, I was going to say it was probably going to be Janine for like just her overall courage and then resisting her loins to stay there and her <laughs> inner desires and doing the right thing. But it's hard not to put Moira up on there. Like, like she's there. I don't know that that scene reminds me of some like Marvel movie, like Captain America standing on the thing, like ready to help out, lift up Tony Stark or Spider-Man by the hand. And, Come on, get out of the rubble. And uh, was she the superhero though, or was she like the little kid the superhero just saved in a weird I, way? She was just, she was just to me, she was just the sister resistor because like she's been doing this shit from the outside the whole time and like she's That's there true. at the moment like when it when it was it could have been a soldier in a, in a black suit and it would have still been oh cool but it was her like i don't know it was just finally gave me like a smile in this freaking show yeah you know like i get like these smirks like oh good good yeah yeah good she stabbed him in the heart great good she gave him poison they're gonna kill those guys commanders are all dead like I, I smile a little bit, but like, you know, smirk, but this was like, like finally, like this was almost like, it's hard to say, like with, with like a, a say like you're going to see a jam band and you know the song that they're going to play, but they play like a 12 minute jam before that song, like actually hit the crescendo and you're like waiting for it and waiting for it and wait well i feel like this has been that jam band for the last four and three and a half seasons and now we're here and it's like this is it now we're gonna make headway like all these little tiny strides are to here because june's like i feel like june's such the key to like a test of testifying to to giving more resistance fighters stuff to there's so many things as mm -hmm. long as as long as she's still out to be june like she's gonna go in and she's gonna do like a dual threat she's gonna like somehow give them the info then realize that the bureaucracy is bullshit and then like go find up with the nighthawks or some shit you know what i mean like she just june and it's gonna be like like i feel like she's a superhero level and you know she's always the she's the main resistor but but more more was there and that, that, that yeah. gave me a smile yeah no that was a great moment it was like Moira was seeing a unicorn <laughs> you just kind of the odd disbelief on her face yeah that was, that was good yeah and then it just ties back to me like the the um the scene when they were holding hands and doing the lip reading and she was just very prominent in that episode with that lost look and then they go to the the office in canada when she's talking to um the other one who got out emily emily right they work in the office and she had like still like a like an unsure look like she was beat down like from not getting enough work done not getting enough done and it's like this was it yeah yeah, this was this is an outcome of all the work she's been doing. 
um, you know, this is her, this is her play. This is her angel's flight. This is her getting 86 kids out. You know, I think the person that she wants out of Gilead most is June. And this is like, and June just landed in her lap, oddly, um, underneath some rubble. Um, but yeah, no, I think you're right. This is kind of everything she's been working towards. This is her moment. Well, and you're the sister resistor keeping this podcast going. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> we try. We've all got a we've all got a role to play, even if it's small, right? And you know what's great is that like unlike every episode of Westworld Theorycast that we did last year, we don't have to tie every one of these into COVID somehow. <laughs> I know like, oh, yeah, right? they, they, they were marrying, wearing a mask in episode 7 definitely a shout out to COVID <laughs> oh shit oh man oh, those, uh, are the, those are the days right they were. this has been great thank you so much for having me on and I cannot wait to listen to the rest thanks so much DJ and everyone listening thanks for joining us again and don't let the bastards grind you down don't worry